Everyone knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. 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 This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. hope everybody is safe out there in the age of coronavirus. Uh, we are continuing to do Poker Action Line, and we will, uh, we will bring the show to you every week. We hope you'll continue to follow us on, uh, on uh, SoundCloud and all the other places that you get the show. We'd love to have you rate the show, review it, uh, certainly subscribe to it so that you get con- contacts every week on uh, what we are doing here on the program. And uh, we look forward to bringing you more shows. Of course, all the guests that uh, I continue to promise is a lot tougher to line up now, and we probably will go a few shows without it. But we passed our 10th anniversary, and although we didn't have a particular show celebrating it, we'll talk a little bit about some things tonight. Uh, let me welcome in my partner, Joe Rodriguez. And, uh, Joe, what are you doing to pass the time? Uh, well, let me see. It's been it's been six days for me already here, and uh, I'm trying not to kill anybody in the house, mainly my mother-in-law and my wife, because we haven't spent this much time together in a very long time, Dave. Yeah, but, that was... uh, jumping aside, it's, it's just here, you know, getting out a little bit to the supermarket to get some stuff. And, you know, uh, my mother-in-law is 86 years old, which, you know, puts her in the high category for, you know, not wanting to get this coronavirus. So... She's going stir crazy because she can't get out of the house and she loves doing that. So, you know, just safe social distancing. We had, we did have family members come over yesterday, like they usually do on Sundays, but, you know, kisses and hugs from six feet away, as they say, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So and, uh, because, because we're in South Florida, we are, uh, kind of in the scope nationally because, of uh, some of the behavior of some of the people here in South Florida. People thought that, well, I can't go to the bar, so let's take out the boat and have a party on the sandbar. And uh, social distancing was like the last thing on their mind, and people are criticizing our whole area because of it. Well, even worse than that, Dave, was all the spring breakers down here, not giving a damn about the orders. I mean, the police kept them off the beach, but other than that, they didn't care, and the ignorance that 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 our college, some of our college students have uh was a, you know you could hear it through the local news uh, interviews oh i i've waited months to do this and this and the other they they could give they could give uh, a rat's ass about whether they had to do some social distancing or not so uh that was another big problem down here well i think uh i think one of the bad things about that and you know people are saying no Oh, let them have their fun. What's the big deal? Two weeks from now, when some of those people actually brought down the virus from wherever they came from, I'm not just New York or pick to pick on them, but a lot of people are showing up from New York because they don't want to be stuck in their apartments. So uh, there, a lot of people are coming to South Florida, and two weeks from now, we're liable to see, or see some devastating results from some of those visits. Yeah, Dave, I mean, it's listen, uh, I, it's funny because, uh, you know, a very close friend of mine said, isn't this funny? Gas is finally under two bucks a gallon, and there's nowhere for us to go. You know? <laughs> and, 
And today, when I we went to BJ's, the gas was actually at a dollar fifty-five a gallon at BJ's. Wow! So yes, yes, and like I said, uh, you know, all all the non-essential places are closing. So they're, where are they going to stay if they're coming in from New York? I mean, you know, our governor has shut down the the, the hotels can only stay open, I guess, for uh, you know, first responders, pilots, people like that, and. I don't know, Dave. I mean, I, you know, it's only been, it's been less than a week, actually, at least here, down here. And, you know, I'm not expecting anything to change at least for another three to four weeks. And that's if we're very, very lucky. So, um, a lot more tests down here. Um, I don't know. How is it up by your area? Because you guys, you guys were ahead of us now. I, the last numbers I looked, Dave overtook uh, Broward. For the most cases of, uh, of 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 the coronavirus in the state of Florida. Well, I think the the problem here is up here is there's still not as much testing. You of course opened up uh, uh, the Hard Rock place, and we have in in southern Southern Broward we had of course CB Smith Park that was one of the first ones. So we're getting more information on the virus. We're learning more about it uh, nationally, and and we're getting more numbers. So the numbers look bad. Uh, it's not a true reflection, I think, of new cases. So we're going to keep an eye on some of that and and what happens, but. The the poker world uh, discussing that is really completely shut down. All of our casinos down here have been closed, uh, except possibly Mikasuki. I don't know. What do you hear about that? They uh, they kind of held out and were trying to keep that thing open. Well, uh, I don't believe they're open because uh, you know one of one of one of the poker players down here. Uh, I'm not going to mention his name since I didn't think I'd be putting him on the air, but. Uh, you know, he has quite a few followers on Facebook and he's been posting about trying to get a game like, oh, you know, he was at a private game in Coral Gables uh, just two or three days ago. So obviously they're not practicing that social distancing on a poker table there uh, for sure. Um, he would have mentioned already if there had been a game at Mikasuki. Um, So I have not heard, but once again, I think we would have already heard, at least I know I would have heard from, from the people that I have on Facebook and everything else that, that they were still opening for the poker side. So I don't think there's anything open right now. I mean, you know what, Dave, this is the first time, like you mentioned at the beginning of the show, 10 years on the air doing that, doing this. And we always talk about, well, there's always something going on in the poker world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, uh, I don't think that's – unfortunately, that's not true. Now, the one thing I, I, I don't know, maybe I've missed it, but uh, obviously with other things that I have to do, but I know that uh, one of our previous guests, Stacy, uh, had posted, I don't know, a couple of days ago, I had seen on, on one of her Facebook things that um, – She wasn't you know, going to go to Vegas. Right. Well, but they're waiting for it to be closed down. I mean, to, yeah. to have the, you know, to cancel the, the, the world series this year. And I, I, I haven't heard anything. Have you? No, as, as of this moment, it's still on, but, uh, you know, it's still quite a ways away. And I, I would be very surprised if they actually went through with it. But you mentioned that, and I saw that in a national article and they mentioned Stacy and said that she was one of the first, uh, players that that came out publicly and said she would not attend if they had it so uh you know good for her 
Yeah, absolutely. And guess what? <laughs> you want to talk about the opposite of social distancing, just uh, show up at any one of their one of their conference rooms when they've got, you know, 1,500, 2,000 players playing in one room. Yeah, exactly. Uh, It's been about a week since Atlantic City shut down their casinos and their poker rooms. So uh, the governor there, Phil Murphy, ordered them shut down indefinitely. And uh, the day after, I saw an article uh, about Vegas that said there was 12 casinos closed. A few were open, including the Venetian and a couple others. I guess not surprising since uh, Sheldon Adelson is one of the greedy uh, SOBs that uh, well, places out there. <laughs> what are you going to do? Uh, yeah. You know, but to remember, I, so whether whether it's come down or not, they're not going to allow guests to stay at their hotels. They're not going to allow to do that. So, you know, whether they call off the the WSOP this year, I mean, you know, the the situation itself is going to have it canceled. No one's going to be allowed probably in coming from out of out of the country. Flying in is going to be brutal. I mean, I don't know what they're waiting for, to be honest with you. I mean, obviously, if this thing turns the corner, let's say, by the end of April, you know, I don't know if you could still possibly even get this thing to start on time, which is, what, May 28th or something we've mentioned on the show. I don't know. The exact first day of it. Yeah, I think 26th, if I'm not mistaken, 27, something like that. 26th. And think about it, Dave, the logistics. Forget about how many people are going there, how many dealers are needed, and how much staff is needed to to get all of this ready to go, you know? Yeah, and that's that's assuming we turn the corner here shortly, which I don't think is going to happen. I was just looking at an article, and uh, as of uh, last Wednesday – uh, they had eight, over 8,000 cases in the United States, and now we're up over something like 41,000. So uh, it's well, just yeah. doubling by the day, just about. And, and Dave, it's, that's the, I don't know about you, but it's not coming as any kind of surprise to me. It's, you know, the problem is we haven't had enough testing kits. And, you know, I've been telling people, listen, as soon as, as, soon as more people get tested, you know, these numbers are, are going to skyrocket. They just have to in, in, in our country with the amount of people that we have. Right. Uh, the, thing is, the thing is we need to try to get as close to a true number as possible so that we can start seeing when, when the social distancing and all the other things that we've put into effect, that, that, that our government has put into effect to try to stop the spread of this. Nobody knows because obviously we don't, we're not close to a true number yet. Yeah, things are shut down. There's no question. And I I doubt that anything will be going forward soon. Of course, that opens the door for online poker. And uh, while there's only the four states uh, right now that are actually operating uh, in the United States legally, there's plenty of other places to play, as you know, uh, that people are uh, getting on there. And whether they'll get paid or not in in the long run, if it's a smaller company that ends up stiffing them, uh, certainly that's always a possibility, but um, as far as nationally, Poker Stars is doing some stuff. Uh, they're having a big tournament right now, the uh, the Sunday Million, which is in its 14th year. That's going on right now, and uh, I can just tell you, Joe, that they drew uh, 93,000 entries. 93,000? Yeah, wow. pretty, pretty amazing. amazing. 
And right now they're down to 4,300 players. So uh, I'm not going to run down all the names because not only do we not recognize them, but they're uh, they're online names. So it could be and someone. What was, the buy, what was the buy-in, Dave? What was the buy-in? Uh, good question. I think it was $215, if I'm not mistaken. And they got 93000 Yeah. So what have they announced what first place is going to be? Because they shattered the uh, the, the Sunday million guarantee. Well, I could tell you the uh, prize pool is $18.6 million. There you go. So, so I don't know, you know exactly what that works out to, but I would say at least a, at least one one and a half million. I would think for first. Yeah, I mean it's or wow, more. it's amazing, it's amazing. But and let me you know, see, let me see if I can get that for you. Actually, uh, yeah, one point five. I was right on the money. One point one million five hundred nine thousand is first place. Uh, second also makes over a million. Uh, the final table, the top eight, I guess you can go with the top nine. Uh, they will make, uh, probably a hundred thousand or more. Yeah, right? close. Uh, ninth is 71,000, but eighth okay. is 105,000. There you go. And, uh, you know, I'm not a technical guy. Our, our, our man over there in studio, Joe, uh, thank you for also for, you know, being able to do this for, for Dave and I. Uh, keeping that 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 you know separation so we don't spread this here. But ninety three thousand people. Uh, I know that uh, on certain sites many years ago when I used to play a lot online, if they got swamped with this many people, their servers couldn't handle this. Yeah, is this something that's very impressive uh, to you, Joe? Ninety three thousand, or have we gotten to this this part of 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 our of our lifetime that? That's not a big thing. Well, I think it's both. Uh, I think it's impressive when you get 93,000 people to do anything. It's a win. But uh, the technology and uh, with, with uh, bandwidth and compression, this is what we all have been aiming for, to be able to get large numbers of people online. Think about Netflix right now. Right, Netflix is having to throttle yeah. their, their uh, bandwidth a little bit, but not really badly. And so the technology has advanced rapidly, and you're seeing the great benefits of it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's, it's, it's come a long way, and that's one of the things I want to get to. I want to take our first break in the show and uh, come back and talk about what does the average player do. Now, I mean, if people are turning to online, there certainly are places to play. Uh, I, myself, have gotten back to playing some online poker uh, on the free sites and having some fun doing that. So uh, there's different ways that uh, poker players can deal with this. I know that the there's a great article on ESPN.com about sports bettors, what they've done to uh, to pass the time and to change their uh, focus. And a lot of them are turning to poker. So uh, this could actually grow the game in a weird sort of way. Well, hey, let me tell you something. This definitely has to make the politicians once we get obviously taking care of the, everything with the with the coronavirus. But you know, look how everything else is shut down. And if if there was legalized poker in the United States and you know all fifty states or the states that want to have it had it, you know, it would have definitely been a much easier thing because as you mentioned at the beginning of this this conversation. We don't know if some of these people are going to get paid. Obviously, the bigger sites are going to do that because they're hoping to come into our 
you know, casinos and everything right. else. But this, this, this may, you know, uh, in a, in a weird way, help online poker in, in the very near future. Yeah, definitely. And there's other things, other small benefits. I mean, this is really looking at the glass half full, but uh, we have been taught to be much more uh, clean, uh, washing the hands continuously and, and instructions on how to do that, which most people didn't do. And poker players notoriously uh, get up from the table, go to the bathroom, and have, are in such a hurry not to miss too many hands that many of them never even washed their hands at all. So, uh, you know, People are more uh, understanding about the things they need to do in life to stay clean. And, hey, after the coronavirus, if we have a vaccine, if things turn around, you know, they're cool. who knows if there couldn't be another one down the pike. I don't want to look on, on and be too negative, but no. uh, certainly we need to change our lifestyle. Well, I, I believe uh, you guys let me know if you agree with me, but I honestly, you know, believe that you know, life as we knew it, you know, what we took for granted, as you just mentioned, and, and everything else, that that part of our lives is, is going to be over for the for the extreme majority of our population. Um, people will look at things a little differently, will hopefully act a little more hy- hygienic. Um, companies are going to have to work in that direction, too. Um, so, you know, once once we do come up with a vaccine and and get over this this nightmare that we're having, this health nightmare with this virus. Uh, I believe there are going to be a lot of new laws implemented to try to prevent something like this in the future. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention, and this kind of irritated me a little bit, is that you know, obviously, casinos are a license to print money, so um, many of them fought to stay open until the last second. But as they continue to close, according to the Washington Post, the whole casino industry, both uh, commercial casinos and tribal casinos, have been asking uh, their lobbyists to uh, talk to Congress about a bailout package for the casinos. And, uh, God, I just uh, I, I don't think I, I could stomach that. Well, I I can't believe that they'd have you know. Well, listen, we both we both work for companies like that, Dave. So, um, I, I'd rather actually not even comment on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happens going down the down down the road. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Uh, according to Fox Business, the native gaming uh, Native American gaming industry requested eighteen billion in aid from the federal government. So, uh, you know, uh, sometimes there's no end to the greed, uh, and, uh, you know, it's pretty crazy. Well, listen, it's either, it's either the government gives it to them or they put the percentages even, uh, you know, they tighten that up for the, for the players because the players will continue to play. You know, that's the one thing that's a constant, and, on a, and I hate to say this on a negative side, but, you know, when economies get bad, gambling does real well. Uh, casinos do real well. And something tells me once and for all, when whenever we get this, that we're allowed to go back out there, it's going to come in strong waves. Even though people haven't been working, they're going to find a way to get money, selling whatever they have to, which is going to be a very sad picture for a large majority of the people, Dave. So, 
Definitely. But we're going to be here. We're going to talk poker. There's always something to talk about. So let's take our first break in the program. We'll talk about a few things that uh, have been changed and closed down. Nothing, No new news on the World Series of Poker yet, but WP made some announcements, and I want to get to that. Also, uh, we'll talk a little strategy later in the program. I've been following Jonathan Little for quite some time. We've had him on the show a few times. Had an interesting hand that I'd like to touch on a little bit later in the show. And also, uh, one of our former guests, Steve Blay, who is from uh, Advanced Poker Training, has changed his focus a little bit to introducing people to uh, new games, including PLO, and have a little instruction. There's been very little of that out there in the market, and he has decided to uh, open a site with Omaha Poker Training. So uh, we'll get to that as well. But let's take a break here on the show. Big Dave Lemon, Joe Rodriguez, practicing social distancing, but we want you to follow the show. Of course, we'll get back to guests and all kinds of things uh, as things get back to normal. And hopefully, you know, that'll be a month, two months, who knows? Maybe let's just hope it's not six or eight months or anything like the the cool-down period that we talked about when uh, they were trying to – when Black Friday came around. We talked about that 15-month period. Let's hope it's nothing like that. Anyway, let's let's take that break. We'll be back with more of the show when we return here on Poker Action Line. This is Poker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. From the vantage point, Mafatu saw six war canoes drawn upon the beach. But what held the boy's eyes in awful trance were the figures springing and leaping about the flames, darting, shifting, bounding toward the sky. The eaters of men. Cannibals. Firelight glistened on the royal bodies, on flashing spears and bristling decorations. Mafatu watched the strange scene, powerless to move, and he felt doom itself breathing chill upon his neck. In that very instant, he heard a crashing in the undergrowth. Four figures were tearing toward him through the jungle. He could see them now. He turned and ran blindly down the trail, slipping, sliding, stumbling, his breath all but choking in his throat. Only one thought gave him courage as he ran. His canoe ready and waiting. If only he could reach it before the savages overtook him. Explore new worlds. Find out what happens next by reading the book Call It Courage by Armstrong Sperry. For other great book ideas, visit literacy.gov. A message from the Library of Congress and the Yard Council. Dave Lemon, Joe Rodriguez here, coming to you uh, from our homes. It's uh, one of the weird things about watching TV is to see the weather people and some of the news people doing their reports from their backyards and their kitchen uh, and their living rooms. Pretty crazy. But, uh, you know, you do what you got to do, and uh, people have to decide what they're going to do with their time. Now, just going to online poker is one thing. Uh, There certainly is that stuff out there. But uh, I want to uh, talk about an article by uh, Mo Nuara, who is one of the guys that uh, we follow quite often here. And he actually did a story last week on five ways to keep your poker game sharp. 
during this quarantine. And uh, that certainly is important. So I want to get to that in just a second. Before that, I do want to mention that the WPT had some uh, final tables scheduled from uh, events that played down to that final six earlier in the year. The Gardens Poker Championship from Los Angeles, the Borgata Winter Poker Open, and the LA Poker Classic. They've all been moved now uh, into May, and uh, who knows if they'll have to be bumped again. But the other three tournaments that were going to play and have their final tables out there were the Seminole Hard Rock Poker Showdown, which has been uh, temporarily postponed, the Choctaw event, which was still on as of a few couple days ago, and the WPT Tournament of Champions. So, uh, you know, I just looked last week, and this is probably growing by the day, but the MGM has laid off 70,000 people at their casinos out there. Wow, that's... (laughs) Scary, scary, scary stuff, Dave. Yeah, yeah, are absolutely. they are they paying them partially? Anything? I wouldn't you think have, that they were about maybe that? maybe paying for a couple of weeks. I'm not sure exactly what they have set up there, but uh, you know these people are not going to just uh, take it out, take it in the shorts for for the long period of time. Obviously, um, in place of some of these events, uh, the World Poker Tour has teamed up with Party Poker to launch an online series, the first ever WPT online series, right now scheduled for May the 10th through the 26th with uh, 10 events, $30 million in combined guaranteed prize pools, including the $3,200 buy-in online championship, which uh, gets started uh, on the first day of this series with the first of five starting events. And then uh, that will the starting days will be spread out throughout the series, including the final one on May 25th. Uh, the day two, day three uh, for the championship are May 25th and 26th, and it'll have a five million dollar guarantee. So everybody trying to come up with ways. Um, Joe, you know that I play uh, um, DraftKings quite a bit, so obviously there's no sports to bet on, and I kind of wondered what they would do. So I was looking on there when they normally have about 12, 13 different sports you can bet on. Now it's down to three. Uh, MMA is still going on. They had an event over the weekend in Brazil that you could uh, play on. Uh, but what they've tried to fill the void with is um, some simulated games. Basically, you pick a lineup, and they choose the stats from a previous game for that NBA team. And uh, you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna wade into that. I as, if I can't watch the game while I'm playing on DraftKings, then I usually don't play it. Yeah, I'm telling you, I don't know what they're going to be doing as far as that's concerned, Dave. Because as, as someone who used to bet religiously for many, many, God knows how many years, um, I used to always tell people I go, I'd give them a trivia question and see if you know this, Dave. But up until about, uh, I don't know, 20 years or so ago, I go, there was only two days a year that there was no major sport to bet on. Do you know what those two days were? I think you've given this to me before. One, I think, is the day after the All-Star game. The major, the day before and the day after the Major League uh, Baseball All-Star game used to be there was no bets. <laughs> there was nothing to bet on. There was no NBA they didn't have the home run contest back then, if you remember. It was just right. the game itself. And then they had the travel day after the game. So, um, you know, I remember going crazy for those two days when I was betting <laughs> on a daily basis. I can't imagine now that it's been a while since I've placed a wager on a game. Uh, 
But like I said, I remember my friends going crazy. What the hell? What? They'd go to the racetrack, you know. They try to find something else to, you know, to put their money on and to get that that adrenaline rush as far as that as far as sports betting was concerned. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's get to this article. A couple other things we'll talk about a little bit later on. But uh, uh, the article by Mo Nuara is uh, five ways to keep your poker sh- game sharp during the coronavirus quarantine. Uh, the first one is watch poker videos. Those are still out there. You have your, co- your computer. Your, uh, you have the bandwidth stretched maybe in some fashion, but people are still uh, using their computer. Uh, so players are flocking online in huge numbers, and uh, uh, they need to keep their game sharp. So poker videos is one thing. Upswing poker that was started by Doug Polk. There's another one called Run It Once, I heard now, is being run by Jason Sentai, who is a former November Niner. And there's a new option called Poker Code. It's headed by Fedor Holtz and Matthias Eibinger. So in that article, he does have a couple of links to that. But certainly you can pick up a Card Runner. I believe Card Runners is still going. And watch a few of those videos. People don't put the time aside to actually get online and follow the videos. But that's one of the best ways to learn uh, how to improve your game and plug some leaks. Yeah, or go back and read some, some, some old books. Uh, I know every time that I've gone back to show somebody something, there's just so much in poker, Dave. You know that you have to try to retain. The game keeps evolving, and uh, you know sometimes you just got to keep. You know, like like the old simple uh, kiss routine. Keep it simple, stupid. Just keep yeah. going back and we're going over some of the stuff. And and that's a great idea for this downtime. If if you've got all that information available to you, now's the time to study it again and see how you can implement it into your game. Okay. Number two is read a poker book, and we know that uh, that may be a little old school for some of the youngsters these days, but uh, the Super System is one of the best uh, still. Super System 2, especially written by uh, by old Dolly and uh, Doyle Brunson. And there's obviously so many choices out there, but uh, there's there's things you can do, and and maybe it's time to read a book, whether it's uh, something entertaining like a like a Phil Hellmuth book, uh, play poker, like the pros, uh, stories about his history as the brat, or something new. I would suggest that people start looking into mixed games a little bit. It may be a while before that actually takes over, but certainly we're trending in that direction. And uh, Chris, Bor- Chris Mormon has a new book out. Dylan Lindley, I'm sorry, Dylan Lindy has a book called Mastering Mixed Games, which is uh, one of the brand new books out, and uh, certainly is uh, something to look at out there. Uh, one of the companies that prints a lot of poker books, and they've supplied us with some guests over the years, is D and B Poker. Now they're actually located in London. But you can check out some of their stuff or just go to Amazon and uh, check it out uh, on on the website. But uh, certainly that's a place to go. As far as uh, the poker uh, online series, there's something called Master Class that has a lot of different topics. But they do have a poker site with Daniel Negranu, so it's, I've heard it's very good, and that might be something that uh, you can check out now uh, to fill your time. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's a wonderful idea, you know. Get, get, order the books if you don't have them to be delivered to your house. Let them leave them at the front door. But 
yeah, I mean, that is putting a positive spin on, on a negative situation that we're in. And that is, you know, for poker players, the serious poker players and those that want to get, want to become the, you know, best at it to just constantly read up and see the different theories from, from other people. And, and again, uh, I think that's a wonderful idea, Dave. Absolutely. Um, the, uh, the third one that he lists is learn a new game. And that's, uh, you know, along the lines of something we've been talking about, but, uh, whether it's something that's a little more obscure like Raz or uh, Badugi or something like that, or simply concentrating on one of the major games like uh, Omaha High-Low or uh, Stud, whether it's Stud uh, High or Stud High-Low, um, just to kind of sharpen your game, because certainly uh, people will check that out for sure. Uh, well, this is the time to try to learn those new games, and... Um all wonderful ideas up to now, Dave. It really is. Uh, as part of his series, Mo talks about uh, uh, five circuit players to watch in the series, and they, they, he said that they tell him they don't they don't play any games behind besides No Limit Hold'em. So to be really on that level, you really have to focus on one thing mainly. But you know. For me, uh, I'm the kind of guy that I won't I won't eat the same thing uh, two nights in a row. So uh, I need some variety in my life, and I, I have uh, certainly embraced playing some of these other games. And there's a lot of good stuff out there. And along those lines, there's this new site uh, by uh, Steve Blay, and I mentioned. Uh, in order to be a successful PLO player, he says you have to really work on that game. And uh, it's called Omaha Poker Training, so you might want to check that out. His regular site is Advanced Poker Training, and you could sign up for that. Now, it does cost something, but uh, there's a whole list of uh, hands that he likes to bet and raise on, a middle uh, set that he uh, checks and calls, on his opening hand, and certainly hands that he folds. So uh, you keep a, a list of that, and uh, certainly that might be a direction to go, Omaha Poker Training. Well, I know that I definitely need that to be in that that's the weakest game. I've, I, I've mentioned that many times over the years, Dave, but, yeah, that's, if they have that and they can train, that's a great thing if that's what the next game that you're looking to get into. Really, what he what he does is he he sets up these simulated games. So you go on there, and uh, you know it's a computer system, but it's it's drawn up to use what normally players will play on a normal game. So uh, they give you guidance on what kind of decisions, and they answer immediately. It's really a great site. Uh, he says he helps you compute the pot size, see how uh, your odds are improving as the hand moves along, and all the course pot odds and different things that uh, people don't like to focus on. So it walks you through that stuff, and you can look at your entire hand range and uh, the ranges of your opponents as a training tool. Sounds absolutely wonderful. Sounds like something I should be signing up for. Absolutely. Uh, the other one, uh, number four on uh, Mo's list, is exploring a solver, which is uh, one of the new cutting-edge tools in poker. Solvers uh, are talked about by a lot of players around the country. They're computer programs that can do this type of thing, very similar to what uh, Steve is doing, is spit out optimal range strategies 
And the, the most famous one is called PIO Solver, but there's several other, other ones geared toward PLO, including Munker Solver. And uh, Poker News has a whole primer on how to use solvers. Uh, you can go to this uh, article by Mo, and, and there's a link there to it. So uh, they'll walk you through the basis of using this. But uh, uh, certainly it's a step into the new direction using computers, uh, you know, to set up your future. Well. I wonder how well that's going to go over with our, with the people our age, Dave, who didn't grow up with that. Uh, it's a wonderful tool to have, and it's just you know knowing how to implement it. And I guess they'll teach you how you do all of that. It's just a little sad to me that the top uh, poker players from from when I was growing up, listen, you know, hearing them, you know, the ones who had the sharper minds were the ones that always were able to retain more information and, and odds and stuff like that. This is kind of leveling the uh, the playing field a little bit if if you know how to use that. Let me ask you something. When you played online a lot, and I know you haven't in recent days since you've been working really hard, uh, did you use the chat box much and, and get into the social aspect online? No, I did not. I very rarely did I do that. What I did use was the note taker. You know, every time I saw certain patterns that I could recognize, and, you know, say, wow, this guy or this player, because you don't know if it's a guy or girl sometimes, but if this player making these moves, if it was a crazy player, if it was a person who was acting crazy, you know, that was one of the wonderful things that they had online where you could make a note. And obviously there's thousands and thousands of players online, but it would leave a little mark for you if you remember, Dave. I don't know if you ever used that. but No, I did know. not. I did not. Well, well, Probably a smart thing, though. Yeah, you, you may not play with that player again for six or seven months. You might have played a tournament or a good cash game with him and, you know, picked up what you think are tells or, or you know, things that they're doing, and you would make a notation. And I found that to be very helpful because sometimes you don't see the people. Uh, you're not playing with them for many months, and then all of a sudden you sit down and you go, oh, I have a notation on this person. And then you go back to read your notes and find out, first of all, if they're still playing that way or if they've changed up their style of play. Right. So I think I, you know, I felt that gave me a little bit of an edge on the players that I consistently saw certain patterns of, like I said. Um, and I know in one particular case, in one particular cash game uh, that I was playing in, I hit a really, really nice pot. Uh, based on the notes that I had put on one particular player. And I have a good memory for this, Dave, but I had started to write it on so many players that obviously I couldn't remember all of them. So when I read my own notes, you know, this guy was still, this player was still doing the same thing, and I was able to trap him and, and, make, and make, make a very nice profit on one particular hand. So... That, that's just one of one of many stories, and I'm sure other people have used them, you know, to their advantage in the past. But I didn't get into the chatting, being that I'm not a quick typer and all of that. You know, I wanted to concentrate more on the game. Now, I would read some of the <laughs> some of the social chattering when when I was out of a hand. If they, some of it was very uh, funny, the way they handle certain things. And the biggest thing I ever did on the social chat was if someone 
said, oh, that was a nice hand. I'd write thank you, or I would write, the, you know, nice move, you know, blah, blah, blah. But some people are getting into deep conversations on these things. So I don't know. Yeah. Did you ever do that? Yeah, well, I kind of follow it a little bit. And there's always the guy who uh, sees a picture of a pretty girl on there and is hitting on her and uh, trying to develop a long-term relation, a long-distance yeah, relationship. Yeah, he doesn't even know that's probably a guy on the other right. Yeah. <laughs> <just saw. laughs> Exactly. Uh, But but the other thing is you run into a lot of people that are just completely nasty, get really angry with some of the play. And and because they can hide behind their computer, they uh, they get very nasty and and, uh, vulgar, really. Uh, So that's not that's the part of it that I didn't like, obviously. But uh, one of the things we missed over the years from. uh, the world of poker is the home game, and now is uh, we thought a lot of people thought, well, why don't you go ahead and just have home games now? You're not going to a casino with people you don't know, and you get your regular people. But it's so hard to tell who's really has uh, a sickness or or uh, can spread the virus to somebody else. So that's not the best idea. But there are places now, including Poker Stars, uh, is the one he lists. But uh, I know there's several other great sites that you can set up a home game with people you know and have a regular time each week uh, to play a home game. Uh, he talks about one that tees in, which is all his uh, colleagues in the poker media. Three times a week they play uh, eight-game mixed tournaments. So uh, he said this is a game that uh, kind of uh, reflects his favorite cash game before Black Friday years ago, and he gets to play games he rarely uh, gets in on, and he could do it from home here in, in his hometown. So uh, that's something to check out, and uh, we do believe that uh, you know if you work at it, there's certain things you could do. So I highly recommend this article. It's uh, it's a quick read, and there's lots of uh, links in there to try some different things. It's uh, Mo Noir's uh, article on uh, PokerNews.com called Five Ways to Keep Your Poker Sharp During the Coronavirus Quarantine. So uh, we appreciate uh, all the writers out there. We're just basically trying to help us get through this thing. Yeah, I, I, I'm, you know, if this thing goes, you know, any extended length of time, I'm going to be curious to hear what people are saying two, three months down the road without playing poker because uh, I, I believe we're going to have people absolutely jones it out big time <laughs> when they can't get to it. And my guess will be uh, when the WSOP time comes along that so many of our poker players in this country were – you know, had already made plans to travel over there and, and, you know, were going to be there for whatever amount of time and how many tournaments they were going to play. So curious to see how, how the reaction is if, God forbid, we have to go that far, Dave. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just looking at the Sunday Million Tournament, uh, when we came on the air, there was 4,300 players left. Now they're down to 2,500, so slowly uh, eliminating those out of the field. They're in the money by now. Uh, I think the top 2,960 players uh, got at least a uh, $1,100 payout on their 215 that they bought in on, and the next uh, next pay jump is at uh, slightly over 2,000 players. They'll go to $1,295. So uh, those that are still in out of this 93,000 are doing well. I would imagine what 
at least 9,000, 9,300 players got paid, if not, if not more, closer to 15,000. Yeah, something I like that. I, I don't let, – let me see if I got the exact number here of how many people got paid. Uh, yeah, I don't have the whole thing here, but uh, I, I think it's right around uh, 9,000 or so. All right, yeah, because that would have been 10% of the field, obviously, is 9,300. So, you know, no, I take that back. That. It's more than that. It's, I, I did find it here. 13319 was the cutoff point for getting paid. $411 was the uh, min cash. Min cash. There you go. There you go. So that's, uh, like I said, it's nice. Now they're moving along. Uh, you're going to see those numbers. I, I, believe me, the longer this goes, Dave, that 93,000 is, is, is not going to seem like a large number anymore for entrance into this Sunday million. Right, exactly. Uh, well, let's take another break on the show as we wind things down here from uh, from our homes, basically. Uh, this is the way we're probably going to do the show for the next few weeks until things change a little bit. But uh, we hope uh, that the uh, the sound quality is good for you. I'm, it sounds pretty good to us, and uh, obviously we'll listen to it back after we do it. But uh, uh, we certainly uh, have no other choice, and people want to hear things about the world of poker, what the latest decisions are, what will happen with the World Series of Poker. So over the next few weeks, we'll stay on top of that and get the, uh, the word from the people who run the games and uh, – Joe, you were actually working in the, the casino part of the business along with poker. Uh, how have you missed it over the last week? Uh, <laughs> I thought I'd enjoy like a week off, you know, two weeks off. Just But since you can't go anywhere, boy, I'm really missing it, Dave. You know, I'm actually missing the interaction that I was having with our guests over there. Uh, you know, the casino side is, is a... Is a different animal than the poker, but, uh, you know, I was enjoying my interaction with them, and um, to be honest with you, I'm kind of missing it a, a little bit right now. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, people were wondering, you know, we're hearing about some uh, NBA players that obviously have the virus, some uh, big-name actors, and, of course, some of our uh, our legislators and politicians in Washington. We're hearing about that. Uh, people probably wondering, I wonder if this is going around the pro poker world. And one of the biggest names that just announced uh, yesterday is uh, David Sands. Doc Sands uh, has announced that he has uh, COVID-19. A uh, very popular player. Remember the story of him where he made the top 30 in the World Series of Poker main event with his girlfriend at the time uh, that he eventually married. I, In fact, that was one of the years I went out to Vegas and I, I saw them out there, and that was the year they made the uh, the top 30. But he's a very popular player, and uh, he has the virus. But, uh, you know, for a lot of people, it doesn't get that serious. And he has said that, you know, he's 35 years old, no pre-existing conditions, married with two children, and doesn't smoke, hardly ever drinks, and works out four times a week. So those are the people, I think, that will be able to fight this thing off pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, I believe that was all. That's what they've been telling us. So, um, like I said, I've been telling people, we, once we've hit the peak, we need to start seeing how many people have already, you know, overcome it and, and you know, hopefully ease some of the fears 
fear that, that people have that it's going to kill a large majority of the people who catch it. And, um, you know, some of the panic might go away and then just let's just wait for for a cure or vaccine to this thing. So Right. Well, he has no idea how he got it. Uh, he said it could have been from the kids coming home from school. You know, we know that children can be carriers of this disease and may not have the symptoms. Uh, he said he could have got it at the grocery store, just like every other person. So he doesn't None of us believe, that he, doesn't of us believe that he got it at the felt, but uh, you never know. Yep. There's the, there's, there's no absolute way of knowing this, Dave. That's that's part of the fear that that we have with this uh, with COVID nineteen. So, right. So let's take a break here. We'll finish things up. We'll talk about that hand with Jonathan Little. Talk a little uh, poker strategy, and uh, finish things up when we come back. You're listening to Poker Action Line. Of course, you can always get us on SoundCloud. Go to our website, PokerActionLine.com. Uh, check us out on the Poker Fuse podcast page. The, the Hold'em Radio Network also carrying the show. And, uh, of course, iTunes uh, is always a good standby to subscribe to the show, rate it, and uh, give us a, uh, a little feedback on what you think about the program. So we look forward to hearing from you. We'll be back to finish things up when we return here on Poker Action Line. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer could purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. Back on the program, Big Dave and Joe finishing things up uh, in a totally different situation for us, obviously. But uh, it's moving along well, and we hope you're enjoying the show tonight and will join us every week here into the new future. Um, I do want to talk about this other hand, and uh, we'll see what happens uh, You know, over the next few weeks. Hopefully, uh, things will not get better, uh, will not get better 
better down the road and sooner rather than later, but uh, you just don't know exactly what's going to happen here, so we'll see what's happening uh, over the next couple of weeks. Uh, unfortunately for me, I'm a big news uh, newsaholic, and I know that I'm spending uh, way too much time watching it. Joe, I know you're not uh, so much. How about uh, Joe Costello? You probably watch this stuff nonstop. 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 It's on in the background. I'm Now I'm all my gigs are canceled. I'm a gig guy, and all my gigs are canceled. NHRA drag racing is postponed. Everything is postponed. Homestead Miami Speedway last weekend postponed. All my yobs, they are postponed. And so what do I have to do? Sit there and watch the daily <laughs> briefing, man. I watch the briefing every day, and every briefing. I watch Andrew Cuomo's briefing. I watch Ron DeSantis' briefing. I watch the national federal briefing with, with President Trump. I compare their leadership qualities. I think about uh, all of these things. And uh, what else am I going to do? My friends tell me to turn it off. They're probably right. But I want to know. I want to know what's going on. I want to be on the cutting edge of knowledge when things go down, if you know what I mean. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And obviously, we're going to we're in an election year. Uh, people need to evaluate what they've seen from President Trump and uh, not to get into a political discussion. But Don't do it. I, I, li- I like the way yeah, I hear you. Uh, I like the way that some of the governors have stepped up, especially Cuomo. And, uh, you know, he, he makes you feel better and he, he talks uh, on, on people's level. Uh, you know that he's not lying. You know that he's coming from from his heart. And, uh, you know, I, I certainly feel like he's a, he would be a great leader. If you're asking me that, I, I agree. Yeah, I, I thought his dad would have been a great leader, too. Not that I was that old, but uh, it's, a, it's a thing. I think becoming governor of the state of New York is a great accomplishment. We're seeing everybody in the most critical of times and without coming into the situation with any pre-bias, uh, right? Like, just just watch as everybody handles the situation and then reserve judgment uh, to how it's gone. And, uh, you know, I'll leave that to everybody's uh, own individual judgment and see how it goes. I know what I think, but um, we're not even we're not even to the middle of this yet. We're still in the beginning, the end of the beginning, perhaps. Uh, So we'll see. The Surgeon General just said that uh, this week is going to be the worst week. So we'll we'll see. But uh, I think leadership, I think that that uh, what is it? The, The Production Act where you can tell companies that they need to make stuff for the government. Like, I think that that is something that we should be doing. We should not have shortages. And the governor of New York shouldn't have to outbid the governor of Maryland for stuff. Like, uh, we should have our country. This is what being the greatest country in the world is supposed to be about. So I definitely disagree with the way some things are handled, but uh, I am willing to reserve judgment till it's all over. Thank you, Dave. Yeah, well, when... when uh... When Cuomo came on the air the other day and talked about that, uh, how they are actually bidding against other states and even the federal government for some of the masks, they've gone with from a price of 80, 85 cents a piece to $7 a piece. That's crazy. Well, it's definitely not the best way to do the job. I mean, if we're trying to solve the problem of uh, protecting our uh, medical staff versus the problem of making money for the people who are making the masks. Like, at some point, what's more important, right? And uh, in this situation, I think that, uh, you know, we go back to World War II, 
What what did you do when you needed the most amount of planes? You didn't have this, uh, you know, bidding up everyone. You you went to the companies. You said, we need you to do this, do it. And they negotiate a price as low as is possible for the job to get the job done and get them out as quick as possible. That's not what's happening right now. And they've, they've said that. They've explained why they don't think that's a good idea. It's just a a, a difference in governing philosophy. And it's less effective, clearly. Yeah, exactly. You've drawn me into a political discussion. Bring Joe Rod back in. We'll talk a little strategy. Uh, I want to get to this article by Jonathan Little. Jonathan's been on our show several times and is becoming one of the greatest teachers in the world of poker, uh, not only with his books but his online sites as well. And I want to talk about this hand, Joe. Uh, It was from a $1,500 buy-in event in with blinds at uh, 800, 1600, the big blind Andy 1600. He talks about uh, one of the a loose aggressive player at his table, raised to 3600 out of his $60,000 stack from third position at this nine-handed table. Uh, Jonathan looked down at his hand, had pocket jacks, three bet to 8800 out of his 50,000 chip stack, and and mentions that. Uh, the purpose of kind of a small three-bet size was to let his opponent call with a hand that he could dominate, but also giving him plenty of room to get out of line and put in a four-bet, which he would happily go all in against. Uh, there was another player still in the hand, another loose, aggressive player who four-bet then Jonathan to 50000 going all in from the small blind. So he said that action folded back to the other razor, who thought about it for about 15 seconds and went all in. So he's got pocket jacks going against two all-ins. Uh, what's your original thought on that? Well, I'm, I'm assuming everybody there knew what his reputation was. So once once he once he re-raised the first loose aggressive player, the other one guy went all in and the other one went all in in, in 15 seconds. I'm assuming at least one of them has a real hand um of of aces or kings at absolute worst i'm probably laying down the jacks at this point uh good call uh let me kind of explain that's exactly what he did uh but he uh he talks about the math a little bit on it uh for himself he said first of all he said uh the initial raiser, the one who pushed all in on top of the small blinds all in four bet, must have an incredibly strong range, uh, probably aces through jacks and uh, possibly ace king. But uh, against this range, he said jacks win only 36% of the time. Uh, if you add in the other players, then the winning uh, equity is only about 20%. Exactly. So he said uh, he said he's getting decent pot odds. You have to just explain that. He said he would have to put in forty one thousand to win a one hundred twelve thousand dollar pot. So uh, that's about twenty six percent. So if he figures his win percentage is twenty eight percent, then there is a small profit there, but uh, certainly not ideal. So uh, he decided to go ahead and uh, lay it down and. As you mentioned, the small blind had ace-king, and the initial raiser had pocket-kings. There you go. That, that would have been my thought process right along the way. The, the, the guy who went all in, yes, he has a strong hand, but he may not have aces, with, which he didn't. He had ace-king, if, if I remember what you just said now, 
And he was just probably looking to isolate one of those guys or maybe have them both lay down that hand. That would have right. been a quick pickup of, of about $12,000, you know, 12000 in chips plus, plus the blinds, you know. So, again, it, it, it just didn't add up for me to go in, and, and that's exactly what Jonathan did too, so. He says that uh, besides the fact of the math and, and, and those factors taken into account, that he felt one of the important things for him that he was a better player than these people in the long run. So he yep. said looking for a better situation was probably the smart thing to do. Right, and he still would have. He still had forty-one thousand and change, as you just mentioned. So I'm sure that was well above the starting stack. You know, with the blinds at at eight sixteen. Um, you know, you're still looking at twenty something big blinds. Um, so, yeah, and I again, not not only is he a better player than most of those people in that tournament or against these loose aggressive players, but you know, I don't know about you, Dave, but I don't like taking too many chances uh, <laughs> when I have a stack. He may have taken that chance if he had a stack of twenty four thousand in front of him, trying to you know to put that money in once he had put in eight, I don't think he would have even had much of a choice of, of going all in. I mean, he would have still been left with 10 times the big blind, but his situation at that point, that's exactly what I would have done too. So, well, you asked me what I would have done. And I know that, uh, you know, as kind of a still learning and a novice player, I would have a very hard time of getting away from a hand like pocket jacks. So uh, that's the big difference between, a thoughtful player and one who has a lot of experience, uh, yourself included, against someone who really has to learn how to uh, part with hands that uh, he lo- he likes looking down at. And guess what, Dave? A lot of people, if it wasn't an all-in factor, you understand. Let's assume the guy re-raised them to sixteen thousand or, or whatever. You know, whatever the the, the mid the mid raise was, and the next player just calls. He's going to call at that point. Then the all-in comes in after after the flop, and you didn't hit a jack. That's where a lot of people have trouble letting, you know, maybe it came nine high, and somebody goes all-in. Are you looking to fold your jacks with a nine-high board? Yeah. Dave? Huh? No, you're not, no. I don't think you'd be looking to fold it. And most of these top players will be able to, not, not to say talk themselves, they'll, they'll be able to reason themselves into a fold there uh, based on on their opponent's actions, so and that's what, like you said, that's what separates the true champions and the people who are going home with the big checks. Separating the wheat from the chaff, for sure. <laughs> uh, Joe, thank you for your contributions. Uh, Joe Costello, thank you as well for all your technical uh, prowess here, getting us on the air from this difficult situation. Uh, we'll be back, everybody, with another show next week. That's going to do it for us tonight. Uh, everybody, please stay safe out there. The social distancing is only for a short time, and if we want to stay healthy uh, and we want this thing to end, it will end much quicker if you follow the experts and listen to what's out there. Thanks for being with us. We'll catch you next week with another edition of Poker Action Live. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies. 